On this week's episode, we discuss the difference between a PA, a physician, and an NP. Hello there, and welcome to the Everything PA podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rogers, Doctor of Medical Science, PAC, doing a solo show today uh, for the Everything PA podcast. This is a podcast created by PAs to share unique stories and perspectives on all issues affecting PAs today. Please uh, subscribe to the show and review us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other uh, entities. Um, and also check out our website, everything-pa.com, for a list of episodes, uh, as well as a little bit more information about us uh, as well. So jumping right into it, uh, episode today about the difference between a PA, a physician, and an NP. Uh, going to do two segments today with the first being uh, PA versus uh, physician, uh, with the second segment being uh, PA versus nurse practitioner. So first and foremost, uh, just so that everybody's aware, I think everyone already knows this, but all of this is just my opinion. Um, you know, I'm not going to be citing any uh, journal articles or anything in this segment. That's for a different day. This is really just to kind of give you uh, my insight on what the differences are, um, both practically um, as well as uh, the different types of people, and, and again, in my opinion, who should go into which uh, field, because they're all very similar, but they're all very different as well. So jumping right in, the first segment, PA versus physician. So first thing, just uh, the name, physician assistant or physician associate versus uh, uh, physician. Uh, there's two main types of uh, physicians in the United States, uh, MD or doctor of medical, I'm sorry, doctor of medicine versus uh, DO, doctor of osteopathic medicine. Very similar. There's some slight differences in mindset as well as practice um, and type of uh, training, which we won't get into because that's for the physicians to discuss. But the difference between uh, physician assistants and physicians. So uh, first, kind of the ways that are the same, very similar mindset regarding patient care. What I mean by that is a similar model as far as um, the way we approach medicine, both in a preventative sense as well as in a diagnostic and treatment sense. Um, methods are similar regarding how we go about diagnosis and treatment, uh, similar algorithms, um, similar mindset, really. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is the thinking on the same wavelength Um a physician-based model of care, or physician-led model of care, where uh, the uh, often the physician, sometimes the PA, is in uh, the driver's seat and making decisions regarding care using diagnostic tools, lab work, uh, imaging, uh, clinical exam, history, physical, etc. Uh, so very, very similar in that regard. Um, you know, a thing that gets thrown around or used a lot is if you know, a person didn't know your credentials, they would feel uh, that the visit between uh, seeing a physician as well as seeing a PA would be very similar. And of course, that depends on the provider, as with any and all of this stuff, is it really depends on the person more so even perhaps in their training or their credentials. But I think that's reasonable to say that for the most part, a visit with a PA and a visit with an MD to the provider, I'm sorry, a physician, because there's MD or DO, uh, visit between a physician assistant and a physician is going to feel somewhat similar. Um, and that's because we have similar mindset. Uh, tagging along with that is a similar training model. So um, 
physicians go through a four-year medical uh, degree program after doing a four-year undergraduate program and then go on to do further training through residency fellowship or some combination of those. PAs do something similar. It's just, of course, quite condensed. Uh, Typically in the United States, uh, PA will do four years of undergraduate with two to three years of graduate training. Um, There are optional residency programs out there too, which is a topic for a different uh, episode, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, out and working typically in six to seven years from the beginning of their undergraduate career to when they're actually working and seeing patients, uh, physicians much more variable based on what specialty um, and and whether or not they do something like a fellowship to further specialize, but uh, they're typically at least uh, eight years of school, to, uh, two to three years of residency or more. So uh, obviously a lengthier uh, training period for them. However, the model itself is very similar in that um, you have uh, the beginning uh, typical didactic years with anatomy, physiology, basic sciences, intro to medicine, um, training in pharmacology, uh, physiology, pathophysiology, etc. Um, and then subsequent years in a rotation format of some kind where you're doing some on ha- I'm sorry, hands-on uh, type practice. Um, PA is very similar. Um, again, just a condensed version of that where you're doing typically one year of didactics and one to one and a half, sometimes two years of rotational um, hands-on training. There are certain PA schools that have specific tracks. Um, uh, There's one that I can think of off the top of my head is the Child Healthcare Associate track where they have an extra year that's specific to pediatric training. So there is some variability, but for the most part, uh, two years of formal school. But the, the model or the, the, the way that uh, we as PAs are trained is the medical model. We're trained very similarly, if not the same, as our physician colleagues. There are certain schools uh, where there's both a medical school and a PA school where the, sometimes the first year, that didactic year, um, is taught together cooperatively. There's a class of PAs and a class of uh, physicians together learning the same stuff as they get started. So very similar training model. Um, and then lastly, they're governed by the same medical board. So that's the board of medicine um, in most states. And so when you are done and ready to practice, the people you apply to to get licensure and the, the right or the privilege to, uh, should say privilege, the privilege to practice medicine in a given state, you are applying to their medical board. Uh, which is the same as physicians. Um, Now, how each state manages that is slightly different. In my state of Montana, um, you apply to the medical board just like a physician would, uh, with the caveat being that you do need an assigned supervising physician that's actually listed by name on your license. Um, Previous states that I've worked in do not require that. Um, They do have something on file, but it's not necessarily listed specifically on your license. So If you're new to practice and getting out there and getting ready to apply, just be sure that you read through the rules uh, that your state, uh, your state's medical board has set forth and make sure that you're on the up and up with regard to that. So that's ways that the PA and and physician fields are similar. So how are they different? Um, There's a lot of differences, of course. Um, The big one, autonomy. Uh, Physicians, you know, are supervised by their medical board and and by their specialty board, but uh, essentially practice autonomously. Uh, Typically in most facilities, uh, the 
uh, leader of the group, if you will, is the physician. So they are ultimately the one that has the say in most treatment decisions. Um, next, of course, is training in length uh, and demand. Uh, they train much longer than PAs do. They have uh, more specialized training that requires more hours, more time, uh, more uh, specialization, depending on what field they're wanting to go into, family medicine versus neurosurgery versus neurology versus orthopedics versus et cetera, et cetera. So there's, of course, a, a variable and a different uh, demand regarding training. And then the last one, I think, again, is my opinion, uh, is that uh, as I've gotten into medicine and worked for a few years now, um, a very interesting thing that I found is that medicine can be very, very lonely. Um, and what I mean by that is you are often put in positions where you have to make decisions, and sometimes those decisions work out well, and sometimes those decisions don't. And... Um, Sometimes you're going to make patients very happy. Sometimes you're not going to make patients happy at all. Sometimes you have to uh, make recommendations that you and your head and your heart feel are the right thing for that person. And they may not see it that way. And you have to just sort of go with your training and your instincts and your gut. Um, And that's very difficult to do. And I can only speak from my perspective as a PA, but I feel that every day. Um, And I have the luxury of having a physician colleague or multiple physician colleagues that I can bounce my ideas off of and ultimately can help share in that decision making. And physicians don't really have that. I mean, they have their colleagues and they can lean on them and they do and they should, but it's different. And they're at the top of the totem pole. Uh, Medicine's very hierarchical. Whether or not that's right or wrong is for a different day to discuss, but they are at the top and the top can be very lonely. Um, and so that's something that I've seen and I felt, um, uh, I felt it personally as a PA making decisions. Um, and so I can only imagine, uh, what that's like for the physicians that, um, don't always have that supervisor that sort of backs them up and they can bounce things off of. So, uh, it's a, it's a very lonely place to be. Now, I think it's a wonderful career and, and I, I feel as though I owe a debt of gratitude to our physician colleagues because without them, I wouldn't have a job and wouldn't be able to do what I do. Um, but man, it's it's a tough spot sometimes. And so I think that's important. Um, there, as, as you move forward, sometimes I think there's times where PAs feel like, you know, you know, you hear people say things like, man, I do everything the doctor does. Why are they, get, why are they getting paid so much more than me? Or why are they... Why are they getting this special treatment? You know, I essentially do everything they do. And I, I would I would say, sure. I mean, that's probably the truth of it sometimes. But at the end of the day, um, their responsibility and their demands are greater than mine, at least in my practice and in my field. Um, and so I think it's really something that we need to, as PAs, think about. Um, because it's sometimes very easy to get a bit jaded about things. And um, so I think it's important for us to kind of take a step back and think about that a little bit more and about how lonely and isolating that position at the top can be sometimes. Um, There's obviously perks, but I think those are well-deserved. I have a lot of perks as a PA that, you know, perhaps other uh, positions don't have. So I think just important to 
keep some perspective and maybe keep some humility there and some grace. I think showing grace is important. That's something that's throughout this uh, COVID-19 global pandemic and uh, these health crises we find ourselves in. That's something that's been asked of a lot of us is to show grace. And so I think that's this is another area where we should do that. Um, so then uh, third point here is some gray areas as to uh, the differences between the two. And, and I think this again comes into where this is my opinion. This is maybe just me being uneducated, but I do feel like there's some gray areas regarding liability about patient care. Um, you know, there are times where a physician assistant will make a decision, doesn't involve the physician at all, and something is done poorly. Um, that subsequent litigation and that sort of thing, I think it gets a little bit messy as far as who ends up being held accountable. Of course, the PA will be uh, held accountable in some sense, but oftentimes a physician is named in those as well. Um, and so it gets a little bit gray. Um, so I do think it's important to have at least some in- information about your specific situation as a practicing PA regarding liability, liability insurance, um, things like tail coverage and that sort of thing, which we'll get into in subsequent episodes. Uh, it's important to know that you perhaps don't learn in PA school and how that relates to your supervising physician and your practice. So uh, that's a little bit of a gray area that I think um, coming out of PA school and even having worked for a few years, there's times where I'm not really sure how that works. Uh, So it's important to know. Um, So that is um, the ways uh, PA versus physician are uh, similar, uh, ways that they're different, and then a little bit of a gray area there in my, my thoughts. So Uh, With that, we'll move over to our second segment here after a quick break where we discuss the difference between uh, PAs and nurse practitioners. So uh, hang tight with us. We'll see you on the other side of this break to get into that. All right, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Second segment here of the Everything PA podcast going to talk about the difference between PAs and nurse practitioners. Similar format to that first segment with physicians, we're going to talk about the ways they are the same, the way they are different, as well as some gray areas. So uh, first, ways they are the same. So, uh, you know, as far as the way we are described, the far as far as the way we are lumped into practice groups and facilities, we are both considered uh APPs, advanced practice providers, mid-level providers, physician extenders, whatever you want to call us. Typically, we are both lumped into that same category, um, essentially thought to be non-physician medical providers. So kind of the identity and the identification of both fields, very similar um, in that regard, particularly from an administrative standpoint, um, seen as very similar. Interestingly, that's also one of the big ways that we're different, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Next point here in the ways that we are the same, we both practice at all areas of medicine. So, you know, you can find NPs in surgical specialties, medical specialties, primary care, um, etc. So very similar in that way. Um, Some subtle differences uh, in that there are some specialty tracks that nurse practitioners can go through. Um, A popular track is psychiatric nurse practitioner. Another one is um, adult registered nurse practitioner, ARNP, 
where there is some specialty training or a specialty track in individual programs where they sort of gear their uh, efforts and their training towards something in particular from everything that I'm aware of. And again, um, this is my opinion. Hopefully I'm somewhat well-educated on this is that, you know, it doesn't necessarily force that provider to work in that field. However, um, I would imagine it'd be difficult if you were trained in psychiatric nurse practitioner uh, and you wanted to do something like orthopedics or something along those lines. It might be a little more difficult um, if you've gotten that extra training in something specific. Um, And then similar training lengths. Um, As I was making the show notes for this, I was thinking, you know, very similar. Um, in length as far as our training, it's, you know, undergraduate and then a few years of graduate, two, three years, somewhere around there. Um, most nurse practitioner programs have moved to a doctoral level degree at this point. Um, we have a show regarding uh, doctoral PA degrees uh, coming up, so um, be on the lookout for that. That should be out in the coming weeks where we dive into specifically what is a doctoral PA, why you should or should not consider one, uh, etc. Most of the nurse practitioner programs across the country at this point have moved to a doctoral degree. Um, so similar training length, a little bit different degree awarded at most programs, whereas most PA programs are still a master's level, um, although that is changing. Um, the difference here is sort of how it's approached. Um, so if we move into the ways we are different, different methods and mindsets for training. So the nursing model is typically how nurse practitioners are trained. Again, a little different than PAs in that PAs are trained in a traditional medical model. I think the differences are subtle, but they're there. Um, Difference in how you become a nurse practitioner as well. Typically, most nurse practitioners are RNs, registered nurses first, either a certificate nurse uh, or a BSN or MSN, Bachelor of Science in Nursing or Master's of Science in Nursing first, prior to then becoming a nurse practitioner. Another big difference, and and I don't want to sound controversial here, but I do feel like this is true, is that a lot of nurse practitioner programs have moved to an online or hybrid format where you are completing clinical hours um, and then doing a lot of your didactic work online, usually from a distance. Um, so oftentimes, uh, the nurse practitioner hybrid models that I'm aware of are, uh, ones where you, uh, do a few years of online didactic training with some weekend and long, uh, periods of what they would call laboratory work or on-site work where you're doing clinical, uh, things like exam and procedure training and that sort of thing, um, all kind of bundled into an overlapping online format for most of your didactic training. Very different than PA. Um, Most PA programs are similar in that you do a year of didactics and a year of clinical rotations. You get trained in the very similar set of skills, and so you come out at kind of the same place um, across the board. Uh, Nurse practitioner programs, in my experience, are a little bit less uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the trainees come out at different levels. Um, and some of that depends on the specialty training. If you're, you know, focused on psychiatric care, you may not be as skilled in surgical procedure or, or, uh, you know, surgical assisting, um, versus if you're, uh, primary care trained, you're going to know a little bit about everything. So, 
um, a little bit different product based on where you go and the method that you're trained in with nurse practitioner training versus PA training. So I think there's some pros and cons to that. Um, on the administrative side, I feel like, in my opinion, um, administrators know a little bit more of what they're getting when they get a new graduate PA versus when they get a new graduate nurse practitioner. Not to say that one is better than the other, but they're typically a little bit more predictable in their level of experience and their level of expertise in certain things. So there's a big difference. Um, governed by a different board as well. So nurse practitioners, are, their practice is governed by a nursing board uh, in most states. Because of that, they have a little bit different uh, requirements as far as autonomy and supervision. So that moves into, <clears throat> pardon me, a little bit of the gray area for nurse practitioners versus PAs. So gray areas with uh, the difference between PAs and nurse practitioners I think the biggest one is autonomy and supervision. That's the bullet point I wrote down here as I was writing this episode. And I think it depends on the facility. It depends on the state. There's a lot of variables here. But essentially, the idea is, for the most part, PAs need a supervising physician in order to legally practice. Nurse practitioners do not. Now, that's very different at certain facilities. For example, at my facility, all APPs, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, uh, soon to be uh, nurse midwives as well, uh, all require a supervising physician in order to be able to practice within the facility. So nurse practitioners in that instance are lumped in with PAs and do require supervision of their practice. Um, now, uh, another thing that we'll be talking about in an upcoming episode is PA practice ownership. Uh, overall, that seems to be, in my opinion, from my experience and and looking through the options, uh, practice ownership is much easier for a nurse practitioner than it is for a PA because of that supervisory requirement not being there in most states. So that's really the big difference or the big, I guess, gray area is that it really depends. If you're a nurse practitioner, it really depends on where you're working, the state you're working in, the facility you're working in, what you want to do, specialty, etc. Versus PAs pretty much across the board. I can't really think of any examples where you don't require some sort of supervisory agreement with a physician in order to be able to practice legally in all 50 states. So a little bit of a gray area there, some overlap between nurse practitioner and PA, but overall uh, that's where we stand. So that's really what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, Designed a lot uh, of the discussion today for people who are kind of wanting to consider the difference um, as they begin their training. And for those of us that are already out of training and working Um, The biggest thing I wanted to get across was that uh, we're all working together and we're all hopefully striving for the same goal um, to provide excellent patient care, help people um, make their lives better, as well as provide a nice life for ourselves um, and be able to pursue a rewarding and fulfilling career. And I think you can do that in any of those three avenues. I think it's important for all three uh, of these types of providers to continue to work together. Um, As I was getting ready to make this show and record this show, there was uh, some articles out there and some news about the concerns of the American Medical Association regarding uh, autonomy and scope of practice. And I made the mistake of kind of digging into it a little more on social media and found some physicians out there that are, for lack of a better term, 
fairly anti-APP, uh, nurse practitioner PA. Admittedly, they were a little bit harsher towards the nurse practitioners. Um, and again, with that sticking point of practice autonomy and not requiring any sort of supervisory agreement, but basically saying that uh, they felt like most mid-levels are in danger uh, to medical practice. Um, I try to stay away from some of that negative thought because I really feel like in general, again, at least in my experience and in my opinion, most physicians appreciate what mid-levels can do and, and can provide. As with anything, I think as, as mid-levels or APPs or whatever the heck you want to call us, I think it's important for us to know what we can do and, and try to practice at the peak of our scope, but also understand what we can't do and, and know how to ask for help and know how to collaborate. Um, really, that should be something that all of us do, regardless of what our profession is. That's just something that's a good life lesson, really. So I really wanted to kind of get that across and was sort of saddened to see some of the divisiveness um, that some folks have. And I'm sure it comes from the other side, too. I'm sure there's plenty of noise coming from the APP side of things uh, regarding our physician colleagues. But really, at the bottom bottom line, at the end of the day, we need to work together. Uh, the demands of healthcare in our modern world require all of us to work together. And so I think that's the end point. And I guess that's all I'll say about it. I'll leave it at that. So uh, thanks so much for listening and taking some time out of your day to hear me talk about what my thoughts are. Hopefully it's somewhat enjoyable. Um, please subscribe to the show and review us. We do appreciate any sort of feedback, positive or negative. Uh, check out our website, the everything, I'm sorry, everything-pa.com. Um, and we are continuing to work on ways for you, the listener, to reach out to us in order to give us uh, ideas, constructive criticism, thoughts for new shows. Um, we try to base each episode on a question. So if you have a specific question in mind, please uh, let us know. Um, I'll be updating uh, the podcast as well as our website with ways on how to get a hold of us once we secure that. Um, and so hoping to have an email address as well as a voicemail line for people to be able to leave uh, their voice that we can use uh, the audio for in the podcast, which I think is kind of a cool idea uh, to help try to engage with everyone. So be on the lookout for that stuff. Again, this is the Everything PA Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rogers, PAC. Chris Stone is off on vacation, so our thoughts are with he and his wife. Hopefully they're able to enjoy themselves and get some much-needed rest and relaxation. And as we always like to end the show with, go get them. Go get them.